Welcome to the Casual Investor Podcast. Here is your host, Stephen Mayer. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Casual Investor Podcast. In today's podcast, we will be discussing the business of weed. The U.S. stock market, it's kind of been all over the place over the past six to eight months. Um, in 2019, it's risen a, a good percentage, but just prior to that, in October, November, December of 2018, dropped by about 20%. So it's been a lot of up and down. It's been up lately. And in the past week, with the Chinese uh, trade tariffs back in the news, it's kind of been a little bit down again. In times of market turbulence, many investors, they look for alternative ways to invest their money. And it's been weed that has risen to the forefront of many people's investment portfolios. Let's take a look at the future of weed and why it may may make for a smart investment in the current economy. For those that haven't been paying attention, weed is all, all over the place. It can come in many different forms. You can smoke it, eat it, drink it, and even rub it on your body. There are even cannabis oils that you can rub on your dog or cat that's supposed to relieve joint and muscle pains. 2019 is a hell of a time to be alive. So let's take a look at some factors behind why weed has a bright future before discussing some tips for investing in weed companies. Now, the first factor is the most obvious, and that is the trend towards legalization in the United States. Weed is already legal for recreational use in the entire country of Canada. In the U.S., it is legal for recreational use in 10 different states, plus Washington, D.C., and it's legal for medicinal use in a total of 33 states. We do need to point out one important fact about weed here. Even though more and more states are legalizing weed for medicinal and recreational purposes by the year, there's still some uncertainty surrounding its future. Marijuana is still considered a Schedule I narcotic in the eyes of the U.S. federal government. That's on the same level as heroin and considered more serious than the Schedule II narcotics like cocaine and meth. The difference between Schedule I and Schedule II drugs is that Schedule II drugs are deemed to have at least some medicinal value. It's hilarious to think of meth of having any medicinal value, but it kind of just goes to show how outdated and ridiculous some of our federal drug laws are. So the point here is that marijuana use, whether it be medicinal or recreational, is still considered illegal in the eyes of the federal government, And that's kind of a huge roadblock. A mere 18 years ago, just over 30% of U.S. residents believed that weed should be legal. It wasn't too long ago that messages like the following clip that I'm about to play were commonplace. These high school boys and girls are having a hop at the local soda fountain. Innocently, they dance. Innocent of a new and deadly menace lurking behind closed doors. Marijuana. The burning weed with its roots in hell. Ooh, scary. That clip was from a 1936 movie known as Reefer Madness. While its message nowadays seems a bit over the top, messages like that were the norm in American life in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, things have come a long way. As of 2018, over 60% of the American public supports the legalization of marijuana. The reefer madness and anti-marijuana public service announcements are a thing of the past as weed use has become an acceptance in the life of many Americans. 
Now, a major reason for the acceptance of weed in American life is the the national opioid epidemic. Many people are turning to weed as a form of pain management, as previously popular opioid-based medications such as Oxycontin and Vicodin have come under intense public scrutiny for their addictive qualities. Weed has stepped in as a more natural, less addictive painkiller, has long operated on the fringes as a treatment for cancer patients to help boost their appetites during rounds of chemotherapy and as a pain reliever for chronic pain sufferers. The move towards legalization represents an unprecedented situation in the modern economy. Some very large companies are starting to throw some serious money behind weed companies. Many publicly traded marijuana firms are trading on Canadian stock exchanges and not U.S. exchanges as Canadian exchanges are more favorable towards weed companies, but you're still able to purchase them through a typical brokerage account in the U.S. The marijuana industry is poised for huge growth in the future, but it could also run into the same short-term issues that internet stocks ran into in the late 90s, and that cryptos ran into in the past two years. Investors piled into the crypto markets after hearing stories of early investors becoming overnight millionaires due to the surge in price of Bitcoin and other cryptos. Everyone wanted to get rich quickly. The problem was that most people didn't know what the hell crypto even was, let alone how it should be valued. It made for a very risky investment, and many people paid the price. The price of Bitcoin fell from a high of almost $20,000 in late 2017 to a low of around $3,000 in only a year. So I see similar short-term issues for many of the largest weed companies. There's a certain novelty a certain excitement that comes with investing in weed stocks. Everybody wants to get in at the bottom to make a fortune. Think about what it'd be like had they invested in Apple or Google 15 years ago. Typical stock research and analysis is thrown out the window when it comes to weed stocks. Disciplined investing isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. Sure, there were some people that became millionaires investing in crypto, but a high majority of investors lost a lot of money. One example of a, comp- of a weed company with a runaway valuation was Green Organic Dutchman Holdings Limited. Now, they are a Canadian marijuana supplier that was valued at $2.1 billion in May of 2018. They hadn't even signed any agreements to supply weed in Canada at that point. Now, how absurd is that? There were no agreements signed, and the company is valued at $2 billion. This is another example of how inflated the valuation of weed businesses has become. And it's eerily similar to the crypto craze of late 2017, where many newly developed cryptocurrencies received immediate billion-dollar valuations. I think it's a house of cards that will collapse for many companies. However, this doesn't mean that every marijuana business is doomed. While those similarities with internet stocks of the late 90s and crypto companies of 2017 and 18 exist, there are very important differences that bode well for the future of these weed companies. First off, They have a product to manufacture and distribute. Unlike many uh, internet stocks of the 90s, weed companies have a tangible good that they can sell for real money and for real profits. Aside from the fact that their main product is considered illegal in most countries in the world, a weed business operates similarly to a business like Coca-Cola or Nike. Many internet companies in the late 90s were not generating any revenue and had no legitimate future as sustainable businesses. So that's not the case here with weed. So what, then, is the plan of action for investing in marijuana businesses? My suggestion would be to follow where the big money is going, but be prepared for a bumpy ride. Investing in big-time marijuana companies makes a lot of sense as these companies will be able to ride out the expected turbulence. 
There's still a ways to go for full legalization in America. And even though more and more states are legalizing it, it's only legal for recreational purposes in 20% of the states. There will be setbacks in the future. It took a couple of tries for the ballot measure to pass in California to legalize weed. And that may may be the case in future years for other states. There's also a host of regulations that companies need to adhere to. Investing in the big weed companies is a smart idea is as they have the, the money and expertise to meet the regulations and scale their businesses effectively. I'd also stress patience, as the next few years are sure to have its ups and downs. The companies that I mentioned earlier, Tilray and Canopy Growth, are two of the biggest weed companies operating in North America, yet they've only been public companies for less than two years. The weed industry is in constant flux given its status in the United States, so each and every day carries the potential for surprise that may or may not be good for you and other investors. I'd be very hesitant putting money into many of the newer, lower-value companies that have not received funding from any big-time investors, unless those companies have some unique niche that the others don't. These companies, they'll get lost in the crowd, and they won't be able to keep up. The only hope with them is that they're, that they're acquired by some of the larger companies, which I don't think that's a smart bet. So look for companies that have established contracts to distribute marijuana. These companies are already up and running, and they have the advantage of establishing their brand over slower companies that haven't yet set up their operations. Investing in companies with big-name backers is smart for any newer, fledgling industry. Not only do these backers have the capital and resources to withstand short-term market pressures, but in the case of some of these companies that we've discussed, they also have immense knowledge of manufacturing, distributing, and selling their products through a vast network of international markets. The newer companies, without the big-name backers, just don't have this, and likely be stuck only selling their product regionally. The companies that you want to invest in are the ones that can supply an entire country or countries with their product. So those are the companies with staying power. There's nothing unique or groundbreaking about investing in the biggest companies, but it makes for the smartest play when there's so much volatility in the market. Look for companies with a momentum for companies that have seen significant increases in revenues in the past few years. Since weed is becoming more and more accessible, a company at the forefront should have the increasing sales to show for it. Right now, revenue is the name of the game. One of the stocks that I like personally is Canopy Growth Corporation, which we've already discussed. So they've, in the last year, their value has kind of gone up and down a lot and it's kind of stabilized recently. Now, the reason I like them a lot is back to our our main reason. They have a a big time backer in Constellation Brands. Constellation Brands is the brewer of Modelo, Modelo and Corona beers. They've put over $4 billion into Canopy Growth, um, essentially acquiring a 38% stake in that company. Now, this is big for me for two reasons. First one is that having a big-time investor back in the company just kind of gives the company a lot more resources, uh, both financially and just with experience, that the other weed companies don't have. And the second reason is that with Constellation Brands, Back in the company, you have a big-time investor that has a ton of experience with distribution networks and distributing across multiple countries throughout the United States. Um, so that is a huge deal that other companies just don't have at this point. So those are kind of the, the main reasons why I like Canopy Growth Corporation, and it's also one of the highest-valued weed companies. So I think it's going to be around for a long time, and it has the, the financial backing to survive long-term. 
So that wraps up this episode of the Casual Investor Podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining. For more information on investing in weed and other investing topics, head over to my website at www.thecasualinvestorblog.com. Also, if you could like and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you may be listening. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.